And Missy Arlington, happy Easter. He is risen. I love it. I love it. Let's go. Listen, man, it's good to be with y'all today. Hey, go ahead and turn to Mark, uh, Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. We're going to be in verses 1 through 8. Man, it's good to be with y'all today, and I'm going to address the elephant in the room. You might be wondering what's going on right here, right? Uh, you're thinking, man, I came to church for Easter. I did not come for a funeral. What's going on up front, right? Uh, but I, I love this. This is not a casket. It's actually a baptismal. But I do think the imagery, it, it, it does connect uh, somewhat. It's not far off because we, as Christians, we believe that Jesus came, that he lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross for our sins, and that he rose again, giving anyone the opportunity to trust in him as Lord. And, and the way that you actually make your faith public in Jesus as Lord initially is through the act of baptism. So just like Jesus died and he was risen again, when you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you died to your old way of life. Uh, you died to your old way of living. You, you, you died to following yourself and simply following your desires that, that, that led you on a path that, that, that went nowhere good. You now trust in Jesus as Lord. And so you, you're dead to your old way of life, and then you're raised to newness of life. And so not at this service, but at our 1130 service, I'm excited because a woman is testifying that that happened to her even here. Man, she grew up in a, a, a conservative Muslim country, and God rescued her and saved her and made her a follower and a disciple of Jesus Christ. So I'm excited about celebrating that. That's why that's here this morning. And listen, I'm excited about that, but I'm also, I was excited about preaching the test today. You know, I, I dressed up in a suit. I only do this once a year, y'all. Listen, I, I was excited about preaching the text today, but I realized that there's actually somebody better who should preach this text. And so I just realized that sometimes a different perspective helps. And so today, you're going to hear the text, but, but, but you're going to hear the text from the perspective of one of Jesus' disciples. You're going to actually hear the text uh, from Peter today. And so I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to pray, and then, uh, and then I'm going to give him the stage. Let's take a moment to pray. Uh, Father, we love you. And the only reason why we can proclaim that we love you is because you first loved us and you demonstrated your love to us by sending your son Jesus to come and live a perfect life, to die a death on the cross in our place and to rise again. So Father, we thank you for that. And God, I pray that today that you will produce faith in those who have none. And I pray, God, that you will increase the faith of those who have some. So we love you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. If you agree, say amen. amen. Hey, y'all, thank y'all so much for welcoming me to the pulpit today. Y'all, I hail from the north side of Bethsaida. I, I doubt you guys even know where that's from. But listen, my name is Peter. <laughs> and my nickname is The Rock. I heard there's somebody around today calling himself that, but I'm the original Rock. <laughs> Jesus himself called me that nickname, even though it didn't describe me at the time. You see, man, that was just like Jesus. This would often call things out in you that you didn't even know was present in you. And Jesus did that to me. There was one day where Jesus called me the rock because I would stand tall and I would share with all these people who he is and what he's done for them so that they could come to become followers of Jesus Christ too. But, but, but let me not get there. I'm actually getting ahead of myself because today I want to talk to you about the greatest event in human history. You might look at me, and I know there's a lot of things that have happened between then and now. Man, it's crazy. I heard that people actually walked on the moon. That's wild, right? But I don't care what has happened between then and now. Nothing else is going to match what I'm going to talk about today. 
There's nothing that matches that. And I hope by the time that I sit down, you'll understand why. You see, my boy Mark, he actually wrote about this, but actually all the information that Mark got about this, he actually got it from me, Peter. And so I want to read what he wrote, but we're going to talk about it from my perspective. And so look at what he wrote. He said, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Pause. Listen, I already know some of y'all are already rolling your eyes. You see, Pastor Eric actually told me something about y'all. He told me this is Arlington, Virginia. Y'all are so smart. You're so sophisticated. This is the land of the, this is the, land of the college degree. This is the land of the $15 smoothie bowl. That's really what it is. And you're thinking, hear me today, you're thinking that you're too sophisticated and you're too smart to believe that, 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 that somehow a man rose from the dead. You're thinking that back in the day that we're so primitive and we're so backwards that it's easier for us to believe that someone rose from the dead, but not you. You're too smart for that. But let me tell you today, it was equally as hard for us to believe in a resurrection that would happen in the middle of human history. You see, yeah, of course, some of us believe in a final resurrection where God would come and he would raise all those from the dead who were faithful to him. But nobody, nobody believed that God would raise one man in the middle of history from the dead. Listen, it wasn't even on our radar. It wasn't even on our radar, and Jesus kept telling us that he was going to do it. Y'all, he told us time and time and time again. He, he repeated himself more than a parent with toddlers. He told us time and time again. He kept saying it. He kept saying that, hey, listen, one day I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. And then three days later, he gave us the time frame. He said three days later that he's going to rise again. And we didn't believe him. We didn't believe him because Jesus was always saying stuff that we didn't understand. He was always saying these parables all the time. We always had to ask him what he meant by it. And he would explain it to us. And so I just thought that maybe it was one of those. And I didn't want to look dumb. And so I didn't even ask him about it. It wasn't even on our radar. We didn't believe him. And it's crazy when Mark writes here about Jesus rising from the dead, I'm embarrassed to say that me and other disciples, man, we were nowhere to be found. Man, y'all would have thought that we would have at least showed up. After Jesus said that he would rise from the dead three days later, you would have thought that we would have pulled up with our lawn chairs and some popcorn ready to see a show. But no, I'm embarrassed to say, listen, that I was scared. I was hiding. I punked out. At least the ladies went. Man, I remember when they were leaving, I told them, don't go, don't go. Listen, the same day, happened to, the same day that happened to Jesus, that might happen to you if you go. But they went anyway. Man, y'all, those ladies, man, they're the real ones. They showed up. It was Jesus' mom and a few of her friends. And they showed up, but they were not expecting to receive a resurrected Jesus. They were expecting to receive a dead one. Man, they came and they pulled up to the tomb. And you see in the verse, the only thing that was on their minds was they're too weak to get the, to get the stone from the, from the entrance of the tomb. Who's going to roll it away? And I remember when they left. Man, there's nothing like looking in the eyes of a mother who lost her oldest baby. 
Man, she was in grief and she was crying and it was heartbreaking, but they went anyway. They were hurting. Their eyes were brimming with tears. What's amazing about all of this, and I didn't know it at the time, but their tears would soon turn into rejoicing. I came all the way to Arlington, Virginia to say this to you. I don't know what today is causing you to feel grief. I don't know what causes your eyes to brim with tears. I don't know what has you on the verge of losing it. But let me tell you something today. Jesus has always been able to make something out of nothing. Let me tell you, I was there, y'all. I was there that day where Jesus took wine and he, he took water and he turned it into wine. Y'all, let me tell you, that was a good day. That was a really good day. I was also there when Jesus on this day, he took grief. And he turned it into joy. This is the amazing news because these ladies, they showed up in grief trying to get inside of the tomb. But what's amazing is that they didn't have to because Jesus, he came out. Look at what my boy Mark said. He said in verse four, he said, and looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large and entering the tomb. They saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. Y'all, I know, I know it is hard for me to believe too. But hear me this morning. Mark is not lying. Y'all, so many people in your day come up with all these reasons why we made up this story. I could spend so much time telling you guys all these reasons why we didn't make it up, but let me tell you something about your pastor, Eric. He's a little stingy. He only gave me 25 minutes. And so let me give you one reason why, one reason why we could not have made this up. Listen, y'all, if we made this up, we would have never had Mary's, Mary, the mother of Jesus and James, we would have never had Mary Magdalene or, or, or Salome be the first witnesses to the empty tomb. We would have never done that. Because here's the thing, I look all around this room. Ladies, y'all look nice today. Listen, y'all have come a long way from when I was coming up. Listen, I look around this room. Listen, y'all are running stuff, man. Y'all are running businesses. Y'all are doing a thing. But let me tell you, back in the day, we didn't look at you the same. Back in the day, your testimony wasn't believable. Your testimony wasn't even admissible in the court of law. Hold on, don't get mad at me, ladies. That was them, that was not me. We didn't make this up. Because listen, if we were making up the resurrection story and we wanted everybody to believe it, there's no way that we would have had women be the first witnesses to the empty tomb. If I was making this up, I would have said I saw it, or, or James saw it, or John saw it, or, 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 or somebody like that. Here's the thing. We, we're not making this up. The resurrection actually happened. The resurrection isn't legend. The resurrection isn't, isn't fairy tales. Jesus actually lived. Jesus actually died. And Jesus, he got up out of the grave. He actually did it. And I'm telling you guys, this is incredible news, but let me tell you something today. I came all the way to Arlington, Virginia to tell you that it is not enough for you to believe that the resurrection is just some incredible event. It's not enough for you to simply believe that it happened. The resurrection can't be simply an incredible event to you. The resurrection has to be good news for you. 
It has to be good news for you. For the resurrection to become good news to you or for you, you, don't, you can't simply know that it happened. You also need to know why it happened. And here's the good news for you this morning. Jesus rose, offering you the forgiveness that your soul desperately needs. Jesus rose, offering you the forgiveness that your soul desperately needs. I know my soul needed it. Y'all look at verse 7 real quick. Y'all see where I got name dropped in this text? Look at verse 7. It's interesting. Jesus wasn't there, but he left a message to the angel to give the woman to give to me. And he said this. He said, but go tell his disciples and Peter that Jesus is going before you to Galilee. Yo, you might be wondering why I got name dropped, why Jesus shouted me out there. You're thinking, yo, Peter, aren't you one of the disciples? Why would he single you out in that text? Let me tell you why. I needed it. You see, Pastor Eric told me some things about DC culture, and he told me you guys love to name drop here. He told me y'all love to saddle up to like the powerful people and pretty much you name drop in order to lift yourself up. But Jesus, when he name dropped, you know what he did? He lifted me up. He lifted me up because listen, I was the lowest I had ever been and I almost cried thinking about it because I remember the day Jesus, he had been so good to me. He had been my closest friend, my most trusted confidant. This was him. Jesus had done so much for me. He was my best friend. He was so kind and patient to me, even in the moments when I didn't deserve it. And y'all, I gave him so many reasons to give up on me. I was always saying something dumb or doing something impetuous. I was always out here just acting crazy. But Jesus, he always had my back. And I thought that I could match him. I remember the day like it was yesterday. I remember when Jesus gathered us all together in a room. And he said, listen, hey, tonight they're going to come and they're going to get me. They're going to kill me, and every single one of y'all, y'all are going to leave me. And to be honest with you, when he said that about me, I was offended. Like, how dare, like, does he even know me? Why would he think that I would give him up? And so you know what I did? I stood tall, and y'all know me, I can't hold my mouth. And so I stood up, and I pointed at everybody around the room. I said, every single one of y'all might leave him. But guess what? I'm standing tall, Jesus. I always got your back. Man, let me tell you, I would regret those words just a few hours later. And y'all don't look at me like that. Don't judge me because I know for all these people in this room, I'm not the only one in this room who's ever said, Lord, I'll never do it again. I know I'm not the only one who said they may have done that, God, but me, I'll never do that. I know I'm not the only one. And y'all, to be honest with you, I can't believe what I did. A couple of hours later, Jesus got arrested. They took him away. I followed him. They took him inside, and I stayed outside, tried to keep my distance. I was warming myself by a fire. It was a little cold. I forgot my coat, but I could see Jesus, and I could hear him. I could hear that they were roughing him up while they were questioning him. I began to get scared, but not only did I get scared, I began to lose confidence that Jesus was who he said he was. And so right in that moment, when I began to lose confidence, somebody around the fire, they recognized me, and they said, aren't you one of Jesus' boys? Weren't you with him? And y'all, man, I, I almost embarrassed to even say it, but I denied him in that moment. I said, I don't know him. And not only did I say I don't know him, I used words that Pastor Eric told me I can't even repeat up here. I denied him. And not only that, man, I felt so crushed. But not only that, when I, when, when I stopped doing that, I looked up and Jesus was looking right at me. Man, I can't tell y'all how I felt in that moment. And I thought 
that my denial of him was going to be the last time that I saw him. Y'all, I felt like I blew my chance of being a friend of Jesus, much less a disciple of Jesus. But can I tell you how amazing it is that Jesus called my name? And I love how he says my name in this text because in the depths of my guilt and my shame and my fear, Jesus, he called me by name. He name dropped me. I was ashamed to associate myself with Jesus. And Jesus in this text, he says, you know what, Peter? I'm not ashamed to associate myself with you. I'm not. He forgave me in that moment. And I might have given up on Jesus, y'all, but Jesus, listen to me. He never gave up on me. And listen, I'm here all the way from Galilee to tell you this morning this, that God is willing to forgive and to restore anybody who's denied him. Hear me today. God didn't, Jesus didn't stop name dropping people when he name dropped me. He's been name dropping people for the last 2,000 years. You see, Pastor Eric told me about some people in your church. He told me that he name dropped a man named Will. He called Will when Will was a Sunni Muslim, far from Jesus. He name dropped Will, and Will is now a follower of his. He told me he name dropped a woman named Tracy, who was a nominal Catholic. And Jesus chased her down until she bowed at the knee and trusted in him as Lord. Jesus is still name dropping people today. And if you don't know Jesus, guess what? He's calling you this morning. I don't know if you've been listening to anything that I've been saying, but I want you right now to sit up and I want you to listen because I'm about to tell you the most important message that you could ever hear. This is what Easter is all about. Y'all, every single one of us, myself included, we blew it. And I know you don't get that because y'all, this is Arlington, man. All of y'all, y'all went to like Georgetown and GW and, and, and Virginia Tech and UVA. Y'all are accomplished. Y'all hit all your marks. But I want to tell you today about a mark that you and I didn't hit. Man, we were all created by God and we were created for a purpose. We were created for his glory. We were created for him. And instead of living for him in the way that he desires, we've all turned aside from him. We treated God as if he's not good, as if he's not trustworthy, as if we know better than him. We disobeyed God, and instead of following his way, we followed our own. The Bible calls that sin, and when you die in your sin, you will be separated from God for all eternity. But the fact of the matter is we serve a good God, and God did not leave us in that predicament. I saw him. He sent his son Jesus for us. Jesus came, and he lived the perfect life, the life that we did not live he died a death on the cross in our place for our sins, taking upon himself the wrath of God that we deserve. And then, as we celebrate today, he rose again from the dead, proving that he's victorious over sin, Satan, death, and the grave, giving the opportunity for anybody, it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter what you did, anybody who would simply place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you can have peace with God and you can be forgiven today. This is good news. He offers you forgiveness. All you have to do is show up and to accept it. He name dropped me and he forgave me and he's willing to do the same for you. Trust in Jesus as Lord. And y'all, when, when that happened to me, it, 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 it completely changed my life. Ben, you guys can go ahead and come back up. I don't even know what these instruments are, but they look amazing. <laughs> Y'all, he changed my life. He told those women in verses 6 and 7 to do two things. He said, don't be afraid. And in verse 7, he said, go. 
And y'all, he told me to do the same thing. And I did that, y'all. Check this out. I went from cowardly to being courageous. Y'all, I went from hiding in an upper room to saying, listen, you can catch me outside. I went from being soft to being the rock to the point that when I was threatened with death and all my friends were threatened with death, we all stood tall. Not one of us denied him, even though most of my friends and myself, we died for the sake of the faith. You see, let me tell you, Arlington, Virginia, I'm really, real, I'm, I'm really, I'm really well read. And I've read a lot of your scholars. And a lot of your scholars say some true things. Most of your scholars agree that Jesus Christ existed. Most of your scholars believe that Jesus Christ died on the Roman cross. And also, most of your scholars will admit that we disciples and so many people claim to see the risen Messiah. But they won't admit that it actually happened. They come up with all these theories. They say we hallucinated. Really? Y'all, over 500 people, including me and the rest of the disciples, we all claim to see the same thing, the risen Messiah. Have you ever heard of a hallucination where everybody claimed to see the same thing? So then they claim that we lied about it. Why would we lie? Nobody lies to put themselves in a predicament worse than what they were before. Y'all, imagine the scene. Imagine me gathering all the disciples together and say, hey, y'all, let's lie about the fact that Jesus Christ actually rose to the dead. I know them. They will look at me and they'll say, hey, what do we get out of it? And then I will look at them and say, nothing. Matter of fact, people are going to hate you and then they're going to throw us in jail and then they're going to kill us. And then imagine them saying, sign me up. It didn't happen. It didn't happen at all. You know what actually happened, y'all? Jesus got up. He got up out of the grave and listen to me, listen to me here. And I promise you, I'm going to go sit down just like he told me to not to stop being afraid and go. He's telling you to do the same exact thing. He's telling you to stop being afraid and go. Listen to me. I came all the way here to tell you this. Stop being afraid of what other people can do to you. If death can't kill you, nothing else can. If death can't kill you, nothing else can. If Jesus rose from the dead, there is life on the other side of anything you can name right now. Let me, tell you what they, let me tell you what they told me. They told me, after Jesus rose from the dead, they told me, I'll toss you in jail. And you know what I told them? Jesus, he'll be with me there. They told me, we'll take all your money. And I told them, that's cool, my treasure's in heaven. They told me that we'll take out all your friends. And I told them, I have a friend in Jesus, and you can't take him out. He rose from the dead. And then when they went to take me out, you know what happened? The moment I, I closed my eyes in death, I woke up in the presence of my Jesus. This is what the gospel declares to us. Because death can't kill you, nothing else can. NBC Arlington, stop being afraid and go share the fact that Jesus, that Jesus, he rose from the dead. As I end, y'all, I know that this is the land of the consultant. All y'all are consultants. I still got no idea what that is. <laughs> Pastor Eric, he told me he doesn't have any idea either. But I came all the way from Galilee here to Arlington to tell you this. Let me consult you. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Trust in him as Lord. Let's take a moment to pray together. Father, we love you. 
We are grateful that you've given us an opportunity to be saved, to be made right with you. There's a hope that we can have. Man, I think about these last couple of years. It's how bleak that it has been. Thank you so much that there is a place where we can put our guilt and our shame, that we can know what happens to us when we close our eyes in death, that we can live life with a better purpose than what we're living for now. All of this is found in Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that you would come and you would save us, that you would see us as we are in the depths of our sin, but you wouldn't leave us in that predicament, that you sent your son Jesus who would come and live the perfect life that we did not, that he would die a death on the cross in our place for our sins, that he would rise again offering forgiveness for all who would place their faith and trust in him. And so, Father, I pray for this group of people here. And I pray desperately for those who don't know you, God. I pray that they will understand that today is the day of salvation, that tomorrow is not promised, that we don't need to set this to the side. We don't, know how to, we, we don't need to wait. Help us to trust in you. God, we love you. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.